0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. Thank you very much for freeing up the time. My name is still Paul Madot. Today, I have Brian Merrick. He is VP sales coming to us from a company called Notarize in Greater Boston. Brian, good morning, man. How are
1: things? Good, Paul. Thanks. Appreciate having me on today.
0: Yeah, you bet. Hey, listen, how'd I do on the last
1: name? The last name is is relatively accurate, and uh, that's about as good as I can ask for.
0: All right. Good, man. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, you know, I'm Canadian. I was going to throw in a Boston accent, but do you have one? If I say Boston, am I doing a disservice or... How do you manage the New England accent?
1: Yes, it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I live in the Boston area, but I'm from Western Massachusetts. So I don't have I have this sort of the Connecticut vanilla vanilla accent, whereas my wife and her family have the deep Boston accent because she grew up here.
0: Gotcha. Well, listen, man, it's so nice to meet you. I appreciate you being here. Do me a favor, say hi to everybody, provide a quick intro, and then we're gonna jump into your journey here.
1: Sure. Yeah, good morning. My name is Brian Merrick. I'm the VP of sales at Notarize, which is a Software platform that provides uh, remote online notarization. So think going to the notary. You can now open an app on your phone, connect live like an Uber with uh, with live noter notary around the country to uh, to get any document notarized. Um, been here since October of two thousand and nineteen, um, and you know had a fun journey through the pandemic with our services. And um, yeah, uh, you know, husband and uh, father of uh, a boy and a girl and. Uh, we have a, a new dog, a new puppy named Luke in the house that uh, spent a lot of time walking him around the neighborhood.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, I appreciate you being here. And so, you know, Brian, as we were talking before I hit record, we we're talking really about the foundation of the podcast and the title of it being Your Intention Matters. And that has to do with mindset and intention, because without that, the status quo doesn't really change. And so with that said, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing your story. You ready to go here? I'm ready to go. All right, let's get into it then. So let's go back. Let's go back 20 years. St. Michael's College, Burlington, Vermont. That's Bernie's town, isn't it? That's Bernie land, isn't it?
1: It is. Yes. All
0: right. So St. Michael's College, bachelor's in business. Uh, did you have a, a vision for sales at the time? Was it, let me just get my degree and we'll figure it out? Or w- what were your thoughts, call it 20 years ago when you were getting ready to get out there?
1: Sure. Um, you know, funny, I started as an accounting major thinking I want to be an accountant. I knew it was a, I knew it was a great career to have. I knew people that did it when I was growing up, and then I had my first like pseudo internship as an accountant, and I said, "This is not for me. I've got to be around people. I've got to be talking more." And so started talking to different folks, and and then secured an internship in um, at Payne Weber, which is now UBS, and I was um, working for the brokers there, the financial advisors, and I just uh, fell in love with the, the the selling, and and that's really what I wanted to do was was go down that road, move to New York, do the whole Wall Street thing, and. Um, course graduated in 01 and my the the guy i was working for said to me hey we're laying everybody off might as well move to boston and go into sales so it's exactly what i did
0: well you know 2001 and you talk about i mean the world's kind of been choppy for the last 18 months but 2001 was september 11th was a disaster for anybody old enough to really remember the ripple effects that that had at the time and still has in the world today and so um You know, when you made the shift mentally that you didn't want to be an accountant, was that in your first year? Was it your second year? Was it at the very tail end? And how quickly was it uh, that you made that pivot?
1: I think it was when I opened up the intermediate accounting book sophomore year. And I said, I don't know if I can do this. Um, No, I just yeah, I just gravitated more towards business statistic classes, um, you know, economics, business law, you know, those are the classes that I, I really gravitate towards and, and I saw them on the, you know, when you're picking your class, I said, this is where I gotta be and I met with my advisor and, and made the switch pretty early. I would say uh early sophomore year. My my roommates may object to the exact timing of it, but I think that's about about when it was.
0: You know, I'm curious about your transition into sales and your interest in it, because when I first got into sales, it was actually 2001. I was I was 28 and I was, and I worked for Xerox at the time. But I, I came from a finance background, economics. I was in credit. I was in, I was working for a bank for a long time. and And my kind of story on sales was ah, uh, it's not really for me. It's just kind of forcing people to buy stuff. I That's kind of my perception of sales. And so I kind of went into it because I was out of a job. I needed work. And I thought at the time, I'll be no worse off than I am today. So let's give it six months. Ended up being 10 years now, 20 years of my life. But when you went into sales, did you take to it right away? Was it harder than you thought? or Or was it just, no, this is where I'm supposed to be?
1: I think... It was definitely harder than I thought. I did it right out of college. I moved out here to Boston and got a job selling uh, yellow page ads door to door, staking out Home Depot parking lots, trying to get contractors to buy ads. And this is for a lot of listeners, yellow pages. You know, you don't even know what it is. Exactly. Uh, I'm Sure. <laughs> um, you know, but when that mattered, and that's where you found services. You know, we sold them, and you had to you had to sell one ad a day. So you had to stay out there in the heat and the cold until you made it happen. You know, and. Um, the training was fun and we had a big, they hired a big class all together at once. We'd have, you know, 20, 30 young people coming in. We'd go out at night. We'd, we'd have these these meetings in the morning all together and the camaraderie is great. But then all of a sudden you're out on the road, you're downtown Boston by yourself with a shoulder bag and a yellow page directly going, oh my goodness, what did I do with my life? And, yeah. and so then, but uh, you know, it gets better from there, but you've got to get through that tough part, I think.
0: Were you 100% commissioned?
1: No, it was a, uh, a giant base salary. I think it was 25 or $28,000. Uh, and then it was commissioned on top of that. Yeah.
0: All right, good. So uh, so you were working for, you said UBS, but then you went to where?
1: I went from UBS to to Yellow, Yellow Book. Yellow
0: Book. Got it, okay. Yeah. And how long was that run?
1: The Yellow Book run was about a year. Okay. And so I had about three of those type of jobs where door-to-door selling, couldn't really find my what I really enjoyed doing until I got the, I got the staples. So I did yellow book and then I did Cintas, selling the uniforms. I was covering New Hampshire, driving hours and hours a day in my car. And then uh happened upon a a friend of a friend knew someone at Staples. And this is back when, you know, the, that company was growing 30, 40% a year. Yeah. You know, business to business sales and office supplies was a very big, a very big game. You know, websites were relatively new and so it was selling door to door for them and, and then spent the better part better part of my career, you know, with, with Staples, uh the Staples Business Advantage program.
0: You know, you it sounds like you fell into the or fall into the category that I think most salespeople fall into, and that is, if you're not really that interested or vested or passionate about the product or the service you're selling, it, it becomes almost like a challenge to go to work, right? Yes, you can sell something, you can make some good money off of the deal and so on, but if you're not really that into what you sell. Then it can be a bit of an arduous journey. It sounds like early on, what you were selling wasn't really scratching you where it itched.
1: Yes, I would say that's part of it. And I think for me, it was the people you're working for. You know, made a huge difference. So uh, previous roles where it's really, you know, hire a bunch of people, you know, see who survives, see who doesn't, and they get the stables. And I worked for a guy that um, that really changed my thinking about the whole thing. You know, let me be myself in a sales meeting wasn't wasn't pounding me about not saying the right script word and. You know, let me kind of open up, becoming into you know the sales rep that I wanted to be, and sell my way. And, and when I figured out that was possible, it made a huge difference in my in my life. And so that's what's kept me with the company. Where you know went through the progression of the, the individual contributor to the manager role to the director role, and and it really launched me into you know, kind of the next phase of my life.
0: You know, and and you mentioned that you spent the bulk of your of your career at Staples. How many years were you there?
1: I was there 12 years
0: so 12 years okay so that that's like that's a long long time and there are some there are some people listening to this who haven't even been in the workforce for 12 years and there are some who can't even fathom staying with their company because the loyalty just doesn't seem to be there on both sides anymore where the idea of 12 years and i imagine as you were just talking you had multiple roles but so um, brian talk to me about the decision to go from individual contributor into leadership because they are like night and day in terms of uh, skill sets, job responsibilities, requirements—they're just—they're they're not even close to being the same type of job at all. Was it your choice? Did they kind of tap you on the shoulder? And what was behind that decision?
1: Sure. I mean, I think in every job I had, whether I was working as a kid or, or you know college odd jobs, I always ended up in a spot where I was like leading other people or in charge of something, and it just was kind of a natural progression for me. Where Staples—the best thing I worked in there was—they had a, um, a really. Uh, good management training program. So you could apply to be in it. Certain people got selected, and then you you know you were taken through meeting with the CEO of the company and other great leaders, and and learning all about the business and recruiting and hiring and everything. And so that really opened my eyes to it's not just hey I don't want to sell anymore. That's not a manager job. You know, manager job is I want to lead people. I want to motivate. I want to you yeah. know accomplish something. Build teams. And um, yeah, so so it really stemmed from seeing others that were doing the job, and then that the great training program they had there. And you know, I can cite five other VPs of sales that I know in software today that were in the same training class I was in there. So it's it's pretty crazy.
0: That's amazing, especially after so many years. And and I imagine that I've never worked for Staples, but I imagine that the the next job doesn't come unless you've proven yourself in the previous role, because there must be a ton of talent working for Staples across the U.S. and to kind of choose from. And so, after twelve years or so with the company, multiple different roles. Um, I imagine, and you keep me honest here, that could not have been the easiest choice to move on, assuming it was yours or maybe it was theirs. Like after 12 years, what was behind the decision to move on?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, as you can imagine, selling software versus selling uh, cases of paper, there's quite a margin difference. So when you pay the sales reps, there's only so much you can earn and you kind of cap out. But also for me, I knew I wanted to go into software. I've been researching. I had friends that were doing it. I've been listening to podcasts and I, I spent the bulk of my last year there really trying to find my next opportunity and um if you know, staples just didn't have what i needed in the next phase of my career And so i knew that before a certain age i wanted to be okay i want to be in vp spot how do i get there and you know ben was very deliberate about trying to find opportunity. so uh, it was my choice to move on but when i called the uh my my boss at the time and, and told him i was moving on he said i was waiting for this call someday i knew i knew this place wasn't going to fit you forever you know and so and I certainly, it was difficult though, um, you know, and I, and I I've talked to lots and lots of, you know, co-workers and friends that, are, that stayed a long time and kind of wish they got out when I did, when the getting was good. And now, you know, the economy has changed, the world has changed, and that sort of type of, you know, service is, you know, not as, not as sought after or popular as it was. And so, and as you get older and older in your career, you know, you're stuck in one place, you're, you're less desirable, I think, to the next, the next company. So trying to make the move when you're, you're still at the right point in your life and your career was, was very important.
0: At the time, were you married? Were you a dad yet as well?
1: Uh, yeah, I was both. And we had just bought our first house. I'm sorry, just bought our second house. We had a starter home and then we bought a, the, the family house when we had our, my, my, my son back in 2010. And um, yeah, it, it, it was it was a gigantic risk because I went from <clears throat> working down the street from my house, essentially, and being home and around at nighttime to, to do everything, to going to a company where I knew nothing, didn't know anybody and was was on the train at six in the morning getting back at 6 seven o'clock at night you know five days a week in the city it was a very big transition for the family for me and, and my wife had a tailor back on the hour she was working her job and just to support you to support this you know going after this and I just said her, I was like you know you know if, if you're willing to support this I said I I, I will deliver I just need, I need a little bit of time to do this but as I knew in the software space it was very possible to to you know earn to great levels and also, you know, learn and get to new, new opportunities and be, you know, more fulfilled in your career. And, and, you know, it's worked out so far.
0: Well, I think it's pretty cool that you bet on yourself, because when I think about even myself, when I left Xerox after 10 years, like I left, I I was single, unmarried. I wasn't even in a relationship at the time. So it was just me. And, but I, I left to start up my own business but there there was significant risk there because nobody was kicking me out of the company. There was still lots of bandwidth and runway. And, you know, it's hard to let go of that corporate branch once you're there. But I was also just me and here you are a dad, homeowner, a husband, and you've got a lot of responsibilities. And you said, no, I think I can do this because I've had success previously. So why wouldn't the next one be as, as successful? And so where did you go?
1: So I went to a company called Experian data quality, which was a subsidiary of Experian. We sold, um, some complex products, some easier products, where it was like e-commerce, uh, email validation, phone number validation. You know, think of like when you order online, it fills in the form for you and validates that's the correct address and all that. Mm. Um, and then we had some big like data governance products um, that, that we sold as well. But, you know, I with Staples, software and products are, are, are much different in how you sell and how you forecast the business. So I learned, you know, really the hard way, to sit in the meeting, getting, you know, getting my butt kicked about forecasting and accuracy and where's this deal. and progressing you know through the pipeline yeah. and so forth and and i was uh you know on my heels into the went from being you know a hero and and, and you know doing really well stable number of years well-known guy to an absolute nobody at this company it was it was an interesting feeling but you know i fought through it and you know learned from some really smart people and you know some of the reps of my team that i had there were, were incredibly good incredibly talented smart you know really learned from those those guys you know, how they done it previously. You know how we should do it going forward, and, and eventually started making it happen there, and uh, it felt really good because the success when you sell a huge software deal is much different than just your yeah. you know everyday staple sale.
0: You know, Brian, you might not have the answer to this, but um, after a decade plus at Staples, do you remember going into Experian with the mindset of I I plan to be here for another 10 years, or or was it? we'll figure it out and if it doesn't work it doesn't work or what was your mindset regarding what you thought or how much time you thought you'd be there for
1: i was pretty sure i was never going to do that kind of stretch of a company again um you know but i for a lot of reasons but i think with experience my goal was i have to get technology i have to take an opportunity that someone will give me that's to what i'm doing now and so went backwards from being a director and i had about i don't want to say maybe 70 80 people at staples and across you know all new england new york and going to having a six-person new business team there was, was a big difference. Hadn't carried the bag in a while. Um, mm. but I, I knew, you know, gotta get in somewhere, gotta prove myself, gotta bet on myself. And then, you know, if this works out, I can then leverage that into my next opportunity. And that's kind of exactly what happened.
0: And what was next?
1: So next was log me in. Um and so the suite of products that I was being responsible for was like the um the the collaboration. So like go to think go to meeting. You know, oh yeah go Zoom, um go to meeting yeah. go to webinar um we had a join me product which is kind of a smaller uh, collaboration product and um you know and a few other things but so i went in there fun enough ran into a friend from college that worked for the ceo logged me in i had allowed my resume there and probably a dozen times and there was no response and um ended up getting back in there through someone i knew and because the experience experience was able to validate that yeah i can do this i know what i'm talking about know how to forecasting and then got, got myself back into a director job. Uh, there, are leading the whole group of you know new business account management and so forth.
0: All right, well, that, that technology is pretty cutting edge. I mean, I, I don't think <clears throat> at the time it was probably used as much as clearly the technology is being used today uh, on a number of different platforms, but it's, I mean, it must've been pretty cool to sell that because I imagine it would have been new to a lot of people
1: it was yeah so bad what year was it maybe 2017 and yeah it was it, people were using it but not quite as much the world was moving towards more video collaboration you know zoom as we know the kind of standard today really didn't exist you know that was yeah. that was still the guys from those guys are still at webex um so it was join me then they bought the the go to meeting business from um from citrix and then we started to reverse merge and the company grew exponentially over, over a short period of time. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was, an ex, it was an exciting product. It was easy to, not easy to sell, but it was easy to understand, easy to position, you know, the buyer persona was very defined. And so we had sort of that, that was my first exposure to like the velocity model in sales. Like we had the, you know, the SDR to the BDR and, and I'm sorry, to the, to the AE. Yeah. And they close the deal, flip it over to the AM CSM. And so that was my first exposure to like the really quick turn and burn sales model.
0: And so uh, now you're at Notarize. Yes. All right. Did they find you? Did you start looking again?
1: So I was referred to them from who, uh, a woman that was my VP at LogMeIn, who's now the head of sales at HubSpot and, um, you know, Michelle Benfer. And so she's been, she's been a great mentor over the years. And so she had referred, the CEO was looking for somebody, they probably reached out to her. She said, I'm, you know, I'm not interested to talk to this guy. I met with the ceo and we just sort of clicked immediately we had coffee and um it wasn't the right time for me so we sort of built a, a little bit of a relationship and then as time went on they were you know their company had grown gotten a better point you know we had we had come off a huge year so it was time for me to start taking a serious look around and and i knew that long term you know to reach my you know real end game goal without going to a startup and really doing that and seeing if i can prove myself there in a much smaller company you know kind of going from the beginning. It wouldn't get me where i want to go if i didn't go do that so i was like it's a great company it's a really easy to get use case of the product um as far as far as what it does you know it's like kind of a game-changing obvious thing um and so so yeah so moved on in the fall of 2019
0: so you're coming up now on almost two years with the organization with a year and a half of it being pandemic stricken so you're like three or four months into your new career and then the world shuts down And we go virtual and companies are laying people off and furloughs and, you know, just was just choppy waters for as as long as it's been. And so I'm curious how you've handled, you know, the, the tenure at Notarize, given the outside factors that were really outside of your control, how have you managed it?
1: Sure. Yeah, it was, I mean, Notarize when I got there was me and two sales reps. And so now I've got a director of sales and and a whole new business team. We've had, we started hiring account managers and, We've got a big BDR-SDR team now with a manager there. And so we've grown the whole org. Uh, The company's changed dramatically. So COVID, the pandemic for us was the company grew 6X um, because you think of trying to close your mortgage and you couldn't go to the the title agent or the lawyer's office to to close the loan. So those lenders and title agents reach out to us in droves. We actually couldn't handle the demand. It It was so big because we only had so many notaries in house. So it actually allowed our business to completely evolve and and pivot to how we service the market and mm-hmm. how we were scaling. But from his from a sales perspective, you know it's it's tough because salespeople thrive on being together and you know learning by you know, over here in a conversation or you know walking over and talking to somebody else or asking a question you know on the fly or put your phone on mute and talking to your coworker. And now we're high-analyzed people and they've never met each other. Yeah. So we're we're now working through you know ways to manage you know, get, getting them trained up, you know, getting them doing saying the right things, um, you know, having the, you know, these the younger folks, I can't imagine if my first year, year in sales was by myself in my apartment, you know? And so that's what they're going through. And so we're trying to make it really easy for them, given, you know, summer Fridays and, you know, let them take off early, they're trying to make it like a fun work environment while still being remote.
0: You know, Brian, you've had quite the, the quite the run here, man. It's like, if we just recap the 20 year stretch, you you think you're going to go down an accounting path? You learn very early on. You, you crack the spine of the book, and you go, "Yeah, this isn't for me." You make the pivot. You graduate with a degree in business. You get into sales, harder than you thought. You find Staples. Twelve years at the company, long run, different progressions, different roles and growth, and and then and then you kind of come to the realization that I could stay here and probably would still have a fine life. No one's kicking me out, but it's I, I need I need to get to the next level and staples unfortunately is just not going to get me there so you bet on yourself you make the move uh you know dad husband homeowner and everything else and uh, you find log me in and then you find notarize, and here you are and you and it sounds like uh, you, you hate to say that COVID's been good for anybody but it sounds like you guys have flourished fairly well during the pandemic and so congrats on what you've been able to create thus far
1: Thank you, and and I would tell people now. I said I feel very lucky, you know, that that I was you know, in the right type of company that worked out, because I lived through when I was managing a Stables in 08 and they cut bonuses for the year because we almost went under. And yeah. they had just made an acquisition, so yeah, we've been on the wrong side of many times, and um, you know, fought through to and so to be on the right side of of luck once, you know, once in a while, you know, feels really good, and feel very fortunate that that I decided to make the move as early as I did. So.
0: Yeah, well, Brian, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. You know, I always like to ask anybody who's a guest on the podcast, if there was one piece of advice or if you were to pay it forward, if someone came to you and said, hey, Brian, what's worked for you? Like, what's been your foundation? I'd say there's two things. One is,
1: as I tell my wife, I'm going to be myself. You know, acting this way has got me this far. I'm going to not change now. And, you know, and and find your voice, find who you are in sales. Don't, Don't conform to some script they give you. And the other one is be very deliberate about your career, you know, plan out where you want to be because you can't just be an AE at three different places in a row for no reason. You know, you yeah. should go somewhere that grows your career so that my, my, my history, of my career has been just that is, you know, I knew where I want to be by a certain age and title and type of role and kept making big risks and everyone thought I was crazy when I was doing it. And now I look back and go, Oh, that was so smart. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose now, but you know, it was a lot of work to get there. Um, so, you know, be very deliberate what you want and and just, you know, take the risk and go get it.
0: Yeah. Well, Brian, listen, I'll, I'll let you go here. Last question before I let you go. Uh, I know that you're a New England boy, Vermont, Boston, now Massachusetts. Um, who's your team? Your Bruins, Sox, Patriots, Boston College, all of the above, none of the above?
1: Pay all Patriots all day. Um, I've had season tickets since I was a kid. I've not missed a playoff game since 1993. And uh, it's it's been a unbelievable, you know, 20 plus years watching, watching Brady play it's crazy, but yeah. How would you feel injuries. about
0: last year seeing him win with the Bucks?
1: I mean, it's a business at the end of the day. I'm happy for the player that gave us all the good years. Um, you know, bummer that the Patriots couldn't figure out how to keep a great player like that. And But yeah. Patriots are who they are. They're not going to, like like I said, they're not going to change for anybody. They're going to manage their plan the way they manage it. And Paying a ton of money is not the way they do it.
0: Yeah, uh, I got it. Well, listen, Brian, <laughs> man, thanks so much for being here. I've enjoyed speaking to you.
1: Thanks, Paul. Appreciate having me.
0: You're welcome. Okay, everybody, let's wrap up this episode right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Stay safe. And for uh, my guest, let's go Pat.